I didn't have time to brush my teeth and I can still taste tacos, so I had to wrap them down. What kind of tacos did you have? Were they white people tacos or like good tacos? White people tacos? What are you talking about? So the ground beef in like your traditional little flour tortilla with like shredded cheese and yes. chopped tomatoes. That sounds fantastic. Chop, yep. Chopped tomatoes, iceberg lettuce, lettuce chopped. Uh, sour cream. Wow. And some some kind of uh, probably like Ortega <laughs> sauce. That makes me so sad. Yeah. Well, <sighs> it's funny because like that's you know that's what my mom made, and then was there any cilantro around? No. <laughs> no cilantro. No. No. What about onion? No. Avocado. If she doesn't like it, it's not for dinner. Okay. All right. <laughs> Got it. Makes sense now. My mom is the same way. I was, that's what I was thinking about when I was sitting there. I was going to ask you to what your family dinners were like, or like if you had them growing up, or if y'all did your own thing. Everybody's different. We had family dinner every night. All of us kids and my dad, my mom never ate dinner with us. Straight up did not eat with us. Just like stood in the kitchen awkwardly drinking her drink but we <laughs> typically had like casseroles we had yeah. a lot of tuna casserole i don't know if you yes. guys ever had that probably like tuna once casserole, a week <laughs> yeah is canned tuna usually egg noodles of some kind like condensed chicken soup uh and frozen or canned peas mixed in Dying. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit of shredded cheese as well if you were lucky enough to have shredded cheese in the house yes yeah we probably ate that every single week along with meatloaf with the nasty ketchup crust mm, no ketchup crust and mash with mashed potatoes and more canned peas mm-hmm. i love that you said casseroles because same my mom literally said tonight she's like well I'm making pizza casserole tomorrow if you want to come over. <laughs> What is it with like white women, like older, I guess are they older or are they middle-aged? I don't know. White women and casseroles. I think it's, it's the like, Betty Crocker cookbook that came out in the mid eighties. Ruined my life. Honestly. Yeah. Fuck Betty Crocker and her cake mixes. It's funny. Ruined Cause like life. same, like growing up, we had like, you know, the same like 10 meals, which I get yes. like. Raising kids, I'm sure it's like, all right, I know what these cost. It's easy. I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But now my mom's always like, oh, I'm going to try this recipe. I'm going to try this recipe. I'm going to try this recipe. I'm like, imagine how cultured I could be now if like only I started having these meals as a child. <laughs> I think about like what I make now and we make a lot of like Asian fusion, you know, Thai, Indian, Japanese, all kinds of stuff. Um, and lots of Mexican food because of me. Um, so good. But like growing up, it was like just the same rotation of dishes. And it's like funny because like when you're a kid, you don't really care. You know, you just know that you're eating and it's fine, whatever. But like as an adult, I'm like, oh, we were poor. That's why we just had like the same meals <laughs> over and over oh. again. It, <laughs> we it's poor. funny because I'm listening to your guys' stuff and it's so different than mine. Because my dad pretty much – my entire life, my dad has worked swing shifts. For those listeners who might not know, could you explain what a swing sure. shift is? So a swing shift. It's like swing dancing. Yeah, so <laughs> he would just dance all day at work. No, so swing swing shifts are that you don't have a consistent schedule of nights or days. So he'll work like four 
10 hour days, then he'll have two days off and then he has to work four 10 hour nights and then he has like a day or two of rest and then another shift of four days. So it's like bouncing back and forth between like a midnight to noon shift and then like a noon to midnight shift the following week. Uh, it's super bad yeah. for you. Like like they say that working that schedule like yeah. just takes years off your life. Well, that's great for your dad. Yeah, no, it's very <laughs> exciting. He was like, kind of not around for a lot of dinners. And then my mom was working at uh, DuPont Children's Hospital as like one of their head web people. So sometimes she would be in meetings until like seven or eight. So basically my childhood experience was either her calling us and saying like, throw a microwave TV dinner in there for everybody. (laughs) Like it'd be like a Big ass thing is Salisbury steak, like six Salisbury steaks that you'd microwave for 20 oh, minutes. Yeah. yeah. Or sw- she was big on the swan guy. I think it was. Pronounced. It was like the swan man. Everybody gets sh- people still get that all the time. Like the here. swan guy would just drop off shit at our house. But <laughs> where are you living? What the Schwann's is like, okay, so Schwann's is actually cool. Schwann's is like, imagine if like Trader Joe's had a delivery service. Well, first of all, I was at Trader Joe's on Sunday. But you can like order all kinds, basically like you order your groceries. A lot of it's like frozen in bulk stuff, but they deliver it no, to your they house. got veggie fried rice up in this bitch. Yeah. What, are you searching up Schwann's now? <laughs> but then she would also like, or we would just get a phone call and she'd be like, all right, I don't feel like cooking. What do you want from Burger King? Like that was like at least once or twice a week. So I feel like that explains a lot of my palate. It does. My family mm. didn't eat out a lot. Having McDonald's was a treat. What do you grocery see? Like my mom does that, but we started grocery shopping. She yeah, stopped no, doing I it. I go to Giant once a month. What? Yeah, I, once, once a, a month. month? I spend a hundred dollars a month on my groceries. On groceries, but how much do you spend on takeout? Not that much. I only do takeout once a week now. I don't believe that you're surviving on a hundred dollars. So of groceries what I do is I don't care about what I want to eat. It's what is like the sale at that point. So like, if I roll in and it's like. 20 rice for $20. I'm like, all right, then I'm going to buy 20 boxes of rice because it's like non-perishable and it can stay on the shelf. I really hope that someone from the Fab Five is listening to this podcast <laughs> right now and that they immediately get in touch with us to save you from this bullshit that you are doing. I spent $80 in groceries yesterday for the week and that was half of what I usually buy because I spent $160 at Trader Joe's on Jesus. Sunday. Every once in a while, I spend 150 if I need like trash bags or like other things in the I house. I spend typically 120 to 140 dollars on groceries every week. Oof. Yeah, no, just a hundred dollars a month for me at Giant, and that's uh and then I'm good. Eh, like a month Granted, or like I'm three weeks. Myself and another person. So there's two That's of true. Us, that's but. true. I bought organic cat food for uh stray cats outside. <laughs> <laughs> I so I was putting it out today and the neighbor cat was looking out the window and I shook the bag. I was like, that's right, honey. Come on over. We got the good Organic. stuff. Organic. We care about you. Actually, speaking of food, I had ramen noodles for dinner tonight. Oh, yum. And like, you know, it when you're an adult, you can make like ramen noodles good. Yeah. So like I get the specific ramen broth, add soy sauce, some sesame oil, fish Yo. sauce. <laughs> a little bit of oyster sauce, garlic powder, all that good shit. Andrew, were you thinking about the same thing I was thinking of? The 50 cent things yeah, that you buy at the grocery store? I had one the other night, too. I mean, I do that, too. I just didn't do that oh, tonight. Do you do the cup of noodles or the pack of noodles? Like the pack. I do the, I do pack the pack. It, pack it only. I can't do the cup of yeah. noodles. 
don't don't come at me with no cup of noodles. That's well, bullshit. I just have to clarify. Nothing. I would have hung up. It, it, like styrofoam, you can't eat <laughs> out of styrofoam that has that hot of shit in it. I just don't believe that it's, it's safe not. For you. That's why we have microplastics flowing through us on the daily. Yeah, that's why we're all dying so young. Like, let's not do that. So, guys, I did have a topic for tonight. Oh, it was not. <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this about food. But so, I mean, getting back to the root of this podcast, things that happen in your 20s. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, you know, breakups. We all go through breakups in our 20s. And I was kind of like, well, that's kind of boring. Like you have your standard like breakups with like significant others. Get exciting, more exciting breakups in the form of divorces starting in your 20s. Super fun. Is it more exciting or just more paperwork? Honestly, well, mine was easy because I was like, I don't want jack shit from you except you to go the fuck away. So the paperwork was easy. I paid for everything, filed everything myself. Pretty simple. Basically like doing your taxes. Kind of. Taxes are harder. <laughs> taxes are, are more complicated. It's like advocating yeah. for divorce. It's easy. Honestly, half the anxiety about getting married is the process See, of divorce. I'm, so that makes like, me Honestly, feel a lot if better. you don't have kids and if you are like not fighting for like half a house or something like that, then it can be much easier than you think. So I'm just putting that out With there. In case you're thinking of leaving someone, it can be easy. Let's let's also take a quick pause, though, Brooke. <laughs> We're talking to Andrew. Andrew, I feel like, would be Mr. Fight for half of the house and be petty. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on which side of his Aries yeah. comes out. Oh, Andrew that's true. <laughs> and already has his okay. sorted out. <laughs> I brought my shit to the table. Even, I don't know what you got. There's you two different Andrews that could get married and also divorce. <laughs> yes, okay. There's the Andrew who wants to have the prenup and be like very prepared and like protect his assets. But the version I would put more money on is the Andrew who <laughs> flies by the seat of his pants and is Freddy super impulsive and just almost married a British dude in Key West one time with like no forethought to the future and how that would work and like how he would have to sponsor him for 10 years on a visa <laughs> to get him here in the first place. Like I watch 90 Day Fiance. I know how this shit really works. Truly an airy spirit though, right? Yeah, truly Aries. Like we just don't know which one we're going to get. I have a feeling it's like 80%. I don't 80%. either. Impulsive Andrew, 20% prepared Andrew. I was going to say, we also never know when we sit down to record <laughs> which yeah. Andrew we're going to get. You no really idea. don't. <laughs> Brooke, we're already sidetracked. So you were thinking about breakup, but breakup would be boring. What, what is the topic you're thinking about? So I, I don't want to talk about like significant other breakups. I think what's more interesting and perhaps even harder are friendship breakups. Mm. particularly in your 20s because like when you hit your 30s it's a little bit of a different mindset um whilst you're so close you are almost there buddy um but in your 20s that can be devastating well yeah again aries so your your vibes are just a little more erratic and again impulsive so i think breaking up there are breakups with friends it's gonna happen in your life i guarantee you if it hasn't yet Get ready to say goodbye to someone close to you uh, because that shit like happens. And in your 20s, it's such a transformative decade that like people are changing so much that like sometimes you grow apart. Sometimes people reveal like their true colors um, and just like change and not always for the better. Uh, And so breakups are tough. And also forward, I know I said that divorces are easy. Honestly, the hardest part of a divorce for me was like losing my friends and having to like really come to terms with that and like grieve the loss and accept it and move on. And all that happened to me in my 20s. Um, I hadn't turned 30 yet. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to dive into that and like talk about like your experiences with like friend breakups. 
I feel like it's it's a tough one though, right? Because like you said, even with like a lot of your friend breakups in your 20s, it was still indirectly tied to a romantic breakup. Like I do think that they are separate things, but I think that sometimes they go hand in hand as well, either because of incompatible feelings towards each other or someone else in the friend group being in a relationship that kind of causes a rift amongst the friends. Um, I know like in college, we had a very core group of like 10 or 15 of us that all hung out and like at the core of the group were these two girls that were dating. And then the one girl cheated on the other girl with someone else in the friend group. And it was just like immediately things splintered into like the people who were there for the girl who had gotten cheated on and like a small faction of people that were like, no, but these two are cute together. So it's okay. And it's like, well, it's not okay. <laughs> like she cheated. That's fucked up. But like, I remember that was probably the biggest separation that I remember in my 20s of a friendship group breaking up. But I think, you again, it's always tied to like people's emotions are so finicky. (laughs) It's not. I mean, I've had experiences breaking up with friends just because they were shitty friends. Yeah. Like I'm the type of person where like I give a lot to my friends and I'm willing to bend over backwards. And there are people who will take advantage of that and never reciprocate. And we'll be two-faced and play like both sides of the fence sometimes, you know what I mean? And it just really can be exhausting and draining. And like one day you're going to wake up and be like, fuck this and fuck you. I'm done. And even when it's your choice to end the friendship, it still sucks. It's still so hard because there's history there. There's memories and kind of learning to let that go takes a little while. Like, you know, any other like a romantic breakup. Yeah. A friendship. We can't all be like Andrew. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, you got it in the nail on the head too, bro. Cause like, there's that time where you, like a lot of times, what happened to me in several occasions was I feel like I had grown and I had, you know, friends that I had a lot of good memories with and had a lot of fun with, but I saw kind of stagnant in life and saw how that was affecting them and kind of, not maturing and things like that. And you just get to a point where you're like, you know, I have a lot of fun with this person, but I kind of have to stoop to a level. I'm not really comfortable being in anymore to do it. Yes. And is it, worth, you know, compromising my values and my goals in life just to maintain that friendship. Right. And, and to go along with that, it's like, you know, there's these instances too, where like, one side is giving more than the other and the other side's taking a lot. Uh, I had one friendship uh, from the end of high school and early uh, and through college where like I was there when she needed me. Like she could call me up at two in the morning and I would be there and she would not do the same for me. And after years of like that kind of cycle and constantly giving and being taken advantage of, you know, I decided I was like, this doesn't serve me anymore. I'm like, I'm just getting hurt and I'm getting walked all over and it sucks and I'm kind of done. And then that person went and just talked major shit on me to like everyone and like decided that like she was the one who was going to end the friendship and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, whatever you need to tell yourself to feel better, but like you're an asshole. <laughs> so you you telling that story reminded me that I did have a really bad friend breakup that I, I kind of have stopped thinking about. <laughs> Repressed memories. I do a little bit more of just kind of maybe not so much a full break, but like kind of phase them out a little bit more. And 
and the prime one that I can think of was like right. This was kind of early 30s. But when I started, you guys were both kind of there while this was all happening. But when I first started going to therapy and I started to like feel a little bit better about myself, I had realized that a large chunk of my circle of friends, they were really good people. But like all that we ever did hanging out together was just bitch about other people. And it got to this point where it was like, well, I don't want to do that with my Friday afternoon anymore. You know what I mean? Like it was like, I want it more and I'm still friendly with those people. If it's someone's birthday, I'm going to wish them happy birthday. But they went from like Friday night to Saturday night, Sunday night. I was hanging out with them all the time to like maybe once every couple months, I'll see them in person and kind of maneuvered more towards like where, you know, we talk in our group chat on a regular basis or like you have like these other factions of people that do want to continually lift you up and and see you grow and get better versus just like kind of the contentment of like the bare minimum all the time (laughs) is like not every single time that you hang out does it need to be some breakthrough psychological (laughs) moment but like you also shouldn't just hang out hang out with people that want to maintain the status quo 24 7 7 days a week at all times in their lives right and i think that you know toxic friendships are are extremely real thing and they're hard to break out of like there are people who just get stuck in this cycle of like talking shit and like don't get me wrong i will talk shit with my friends yeah. i will absolutely do it but that's not what our entire friendship is based on yeah. not even a little bit like that is just a very small portion of us shooting the shit and just hanging out and kind of like you know kind of being shitty people a little bit um, but i think that's shared experiences too like i'm thinking yeah. about the wedding that we were at like i think that there was not to say that there was, I hate throwing a wor- around the word trauma when I don't think any of us went through trauma, but it was kind of like there was a whole group of us that all had been through the exact same like work stresses together. And it was like, yeah, we're going to talk about, trauma. yeah, and it was like, <laughs> it hey, we're going to, that's true. But like, you know, we trauma. had those conversations and then we went out on the dance floor and sang our hearts out to some Backstreet Boys. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like. We spent the entire wedding off in a corner trash talking like how shitty things right. were. <laughs> it's it's weird because I was part of a circle of people that very much were, in my opinion, toxic. Like yeah. constantly talking about one another behind each other's backs and saying really mean things and being super judgmental and nasty. And it always confused me as to like how are these people even friends because like as soon as one leaves they're talking shit on him or her and then like vice versa and like i knew as soon as i turned around and left they're talking shit on me too and and sometimes I, I didn't even have to leave for them to talk shit on me i was like how is this like a real thing like these people it's like a cult almost yeah. is that's how i've referred to it since i've been able to break free of it it's like this is kind of cult-ish yeah and i think <laughs> i think the big difference between a a friend group like that. And even like a friend group that you and I and Andrew have is like those friends never apologize if they think they've gone too far. But it's like, I know that like each one of us has messaged each other, even sometimes after a podcast recording, just to say like, Hey, I hope that like, you know, I'm just saying this because I care about you. I don't want you to think that like, I think you're a piece of shit and and vice versa. Like there there's that playful jabbing. But I think as long as you're always empathetically reading each other's energies and and knowing like where is the line and like it's fun to make fun of each other. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's a fun thing to do. 
but it's not fun to like gang up and make one person feel less about themselves for entertainment. But even <laughs> like, just like the the two-faced nature of it, right? Yes. It's like, you're going to be nice to me to my face and we're going to be friends. And we're going to hang out all the time and do all of these group activities. But then as soon as I leave or anyone else leaves, like you're going to talk shit. Like that's not genuine. That's not real. That's not something you can trust and feel safe in. So no. my next question is, so like, when do you know it's time to move on from a friend? I, you said something about putting in more than you receive. And I know that all three of us uh, have talked about the fact that we are too much of a giver sometimes. And, and that's that's for us to work out as well. Sometimes a like, full fist of a giver. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I remember a friend told me one time, and this is now someone that's not my friend either. So that's another story. <laughs> but at the time, I thought that this was a very insightful thing where they said like, I've learned in my life that I'm casting people in roles of a movie that they don't know that they're in. And that's not fair to them either, which is like the way I interpret that is like, it's one thing if someone's always calling you for help and then not responding with the same type of help. And like, you should feel resentful about that. If you're going out of your way to do things for that person that they are not asking for and then getting upset that they're not like going out of their way. That's, that's on you. That's a, that's a different beast. So I think it's knowing that that line of being like, man, this person is only contacting me when the shit's hitting the fan and expecting me to come in and be a cleaner. But if I have any tiny inconvenience or issue, it's the biggest deal for them to have to like take 10 minutes to call me up and help me out with that issue. Yeah. So there's layers to that because, for example, I there may be you know a friendship I have where I'm in that situation. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not feeling this. But then there could be a situation where you you understand maybe more of why somebody's like that way. So like if you've known somebody a longer time, for example, one of my friends I've known forever can be a real shit person sometimes. But because I know that person... And I know kind of their patterns and stuff. I'm like, okay, well, they can be this shit person, but that's not the core of who they are. Right, so you right. can look past certain things. But there's also friendships where you don't have that that time and level of friendship. So you're like, is this worth the investment? And I think it, for me, it comes down to if I have to question things and if I find myself sitting and questioning the friendship, there's probably a good reason. But if I can maybe question it and I'm like, no, like, it's fine. And move on. I think it's just like a re romantic relationship. If it's something that's kind of keeps you up at night, or bothers you or really brings you down as a person, then I think it's something that you need to, to deal with. Right. I think that if there's some kind of mutual understanding, right? Like to your point, when you know someone has certain patterns and behaviors, but like, it's not enough to really trigger you. I think there's some kind of mutual understanding yeah. there where you can look yeah. past it and you can work within the realms of that stuff because we are all flawed and we all have our issues. You know, there are plenty of times where I'm a shit friend and like I kind of get closed off and I'm not following up, you know, fighting bouts of depression. And it's just like sometimes that happens and you have to be understanding of that because we're yeah. all going to go through it at some point and we're not made to just be readily available 24 seven to every single person that we know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really good point uh, that you made in, in kind of recognizing that. Um, and being okay with it and being yeah. able to pick back up 
you know, where you left off. I something that Andrew triggered in me when he was talking about that and triggered him. Yeah, well, no, no, not like in a negative trigger, but like made me be like, oh, that this is also a, a good point worth bringing up is like, you know, I feel like I have a good amount of like these weird little pockets of friends where it's like, oh, these are people that I know because I was throwing shows and like these are friends of mine from podcasting and friends from college or whatever. I always feel like it's maybe a sign that that a friendship might not be the best friendship if I would feel uncomfortable introducing the different groups to each other and not like, Oh, these, all of these people have to become friends, but it's like, I feel like if we were hanging out and one of the people who like, you know, the three of us are hanging out at my house and I get a phone call from like one of the dudes who I used to book in a band and they're like, Hey, I'm bored. Do you mind if I come by? I'd be like, yeah, they're going to be fine with Brooke and Andrew. Like, but if you have like a friend where you're like, oh, no, I think that this is going to be real bad. Like, I don't know. I don't. That puts anxiety on me, like just seeing people clash. And that's been a thing where I noticed the same group that I kind of faded myself away from. It was like I never felt comfortable introducing people into that friend group because I knew a that anybody I introduced would become the topic of discussion amongst that friend group and b it would only reflect poorly on me on the good friends that I had that I was introducing into that friend group. And that kind of became a sign of like, maybe these people aren't the the best yeah. human beings that I've I ever hung say. out with. <laughs> like, yeah. I think when I went through my divorce, what was really interesting about that was, that, like I said, I lost a lot of my friends and it was like, honestly, instantaneous. Like as soon as it happened, like people just stopped talking to you and cut you out. And I figured that that would happen, but I had developed some really strong key friendships in that group on my own, just through like shared experiences and spending time with a few of those people. And to watch what was like, I mean, it, you, it's like a, a slow motion, like train wreck, right? Like you can see everything that's happening, but you can't stop it. And you also can't move away, like out of the way. Like I could watch like their struggle to like want to be friends with me almost. Like they wanted the friendship, but they felt like they couldn't because the others in the group had had turned and were like, no, she's exiled now, which like, okay, fine. Most of y'all suck anyway. I was going to say, at the end of the day, you upgrade it. I well, feel like for it, sure. it only My, freed up your time to have better people in your life. But, but that's that's the, the blessing in disguise, right? Like things look so bad at the start and then you realize like, oh, I'm so much better off. But it was still really painful to be like, okay, here's this person that like I genuinely care about and have really put a lot of time and effort into and I've really just like soaked up aspects of their life and like I really care about them and like how they're doing. And so like the the friendships kind of like – they didn't die right away. It was a slow death, you know, like we would still maintain contact and still text. And even every now and then we'd meet up and have lunch and just like chat and catch up. And then like more as time went on, that started to just become less and less until it was just like, you're done. You know, going through therapy, I was, I had learned like, I can grieve that. I can be sad about it. I can feel it. And then like, I need to accept it and let it go. And I was able to do that and move on. But I think what is so important, and I wish I had realized it so much sooner, is like when something doesn't serve you anymore, if a group of friends, a a single person, if they're not adding to your life and making you feel good, if you're around them and you feel worse later, they're not your people. Those aren't your people. And it's okay to, to be like, hey, this doesn't work for me. 
maybe it's not a reflection on you, but just us as, as a, as a pairing or as a group, it's not working. Uh, and just leave. You can leave friends. It's fine. You're going to make new ones and you'll make better ones. I promise you. But it's very intimidating because it's not something anyone talks about. It's like that choice to separate from people when, when it doesn't serve you anymore. And I'm not talking about like, oh, well, you don't do this for me anymore or this for me. It's like, do they make your soul feel good? You know, do they make your heart happy? Do they bring joy and love to your life? So I don't do the scorched earth thing often, but I absolutely, let me tell you, I get off on going scorched earth on people. Okay. It feels so good when you burn, burn the fucking bridge with someone. Okay. Oh, you send the whole relationship up in flames. I know that you have done this many a time. I was going to say, I think it's the only way Andrew knows how to get out of a bed. Yeah. I don't don't do it often. I set the thing ablaze. Yeah. (laughs) There's no in between. There's a time and a place for scorched earth. Like sometimes it is a necessity and you need to fucking light that shit on fire and watch it burn to the ground and it just feels good. Okay. And what my rule uh, for myself, I mean, romantic breakups, friendship breakups, I don't stalk any of those people. I don't give a fuck what they are doing with their life. I won't look at Instagrams. I won't look them up. I won't watch a single fucking story. I'm definitely not going to be friends with you on Facebook or Instagram. I usually block most of them. Some of them I don't because I'm like, I don't hate you. I think you're a good person, but like, I, I don't need to know anything about your life and you don't need to know anything about mine. It's fine. It's a mutual understanding. But man, sometimes to go full scorched earth is just so cathartic. And those are the people that are usually like especially like fucking shitty. And you're like, yes. wow, I've been used. I've been yes. used. You know, you we were talking <laughs> earlier about a lot of friendship breakups are around relationships, like intimate relationships. And I had similar to Matt, a friends group of like with my first relationship of, you know, there's probably like 10, 15 of us that hung out like every week together, but there was like three couples within the group. And like within a few months, all the couples were broke up and that group literally just like, it's funny how that works tore apart. And it's weird because then like new friendships formed within those, in that group uh, with people that weren't really close before. And that's how I landed one of my roommate situations was with my ex's best friends that I'd become like best friends with after everything, because we were, you know, going through the same side of something in a relationship and we related with that. And then we somehow became friends. But then six months later, that person fucked me over and I haven't talked to them since. It's just a beautiful (laughs) thing. You know, it really is. It's a life really is an endless cycle of people. (laughs) Don't get, and that's a thing I think that I try to keep in mind is like, it's one of those things like somebody's in your life for a reason or a season. Mm-hmm. And some people are meant to be your friend just for a small period of time or to learn a lesson or to help you get through a period of time or maybe to distract you from something that you'd be focused on otherwise that you shouldn't be. You know, like you just got to roll with it. But it's like, true. it really does come down to whether it, it brings you joy or not. You know, do I feel anxiety and animosity around these people and in this friendship? Or do I feel safe, secure and can be myself? Do I feel like I can put a front on it? Do I feel like I can breathe, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, in in your 20s, there's a lot of pressure to like maintain those friendships that you make in your youth, right? So in high school and in college, there's a lot of pressure to just keep those people in your life forever. And guess what? It's really not meant 
to be that way. No. Um, if you can, great. I've been best friends with my my best friend Chrissy since literally I was born. We lived across the street from each other. We're six months apart. Like we have always been friends. And like mm-hmm. even she will tell you, be like, we talk like once a month, and like that's perfectly fine for us. We've yep. we're thriving. Never been yeah. better. Um, yep. so it's just weird. Like in your twenties, like don't put so much pressure on yourself to maintain these friendships, especially again if it's not serving you because. What I what I learned through that decade of my life is like you will meet more people, you will make more friends, and the more friends you make, the more you learn about yourself and the type of friend that you are, and then the type of friend you want. So like now that I'm in my 30s, like I feel really good about all of my friends. I don't necessarily feel the need to go make more, but like I'm always open to that. You know what I mean? Because it's like people change all the time and letting people into your life isn't a bad thing. And it doesn't have to be scary. You know, you can be just be real and authentic and and kind of live that human experience. Um, But, you know, it's very much something I feel you learn in your 20s. Yeah. Is all about friendships. <laughs> well, I think in your 20s, especially the early 20s, you still have that same like <laughs> childhood fantasy where you're like, all of my friends are going to buy houses on the exact same street. And we're just going to live as like one giant group unit for the rest of our lives. And like, no one's never going to like you have this hope that like w- the status quo will be the same as it always was. And there's like that fear of change. And then by the 30s, like now, now it's like half my best friends don't live even in the same state, let alone the same coast as me. And it's fine. Like I still can jump on a phone call with them and it's like they have lived next door to me my entire life. Welch is still living that fantasy dream though, where like he moves back to the hometown and is BFFs with everyone from elementary school. Right. Well, that's why he purchased the house so that everyone could move in. There. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so Free interesting. room and board. Everybody. He yells out the window to his friends. I'll tell you, it's been interesting because like, you know, there's people I've gotten in contact with since I moved back and, you know, some of my friends that like want to catch up that I haven't seen since high school, just catching up the little bit I did. I'm like, you're the exact same person you were in high school. And that's either a great thing or a real bad thing. I say it's kind of scary <laughs> to yeah. have that kind of consistency for that long. Like, good for them. <laughs> I feel um, like that's why it drives me crazy. I hate saying this because I know people who've succeeded with this, but like people who marry their high school sweethearts, I just don't get how you pull that off. Like how you both grow and change in sync with each other for I think years. Something I want to bring up that I think is important that ties into that, because this goes for a friendship or any relationship. It's a lot more important to like just focus on getting to know somebody rather than maintaining that friendship. So I'd much rather get to know you guys at your core and like your lives, and which is why I love these podcasts is just discussing our lives and everything we've gone through, because that's really how you know and understand somebody, right? Not, you know, if I go and get drinks with the same 10 guys three nights a week for six years, yeah, we're friends, but I might only literally know surface level information about them. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. You have your friends like that where you spend time together, but you don't really know each other. So when those yep. things happen or, you know, status quo changes, you're kind of in a shock, like, whoa, but you didn't really know them. And if you maybe if you really knew better, you'd be like, you know what? That does make sense, which is kind of like I was saying earlier you know, with friendships I've had for a long time, when life throws curves or things change and people change, you can kind of look at it more like, okay, I see why they're being this way. 
versus this is so foreign to me. I don't know how to take it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, like you said, it's all about, you know, having those, I don't want to say like soul level connections, but those deep connections, because guess what? Like the, the people who are together for a very long time, the people who are friends for a very long time is because they continually get to know each other over and over and over again, because we're always evolving, even in little tiny ways. So if you are, if that dialogue, if that safety to share is constantly nurtured in there, you're going to be able to keep up with someone and feel connected. Whereas like you said, Andrew, if you're just doing surface level shit and then like, boom, something happens, you're like, you're completely caught off guard because you didn't know what was really going on inside. You only knew what they were willing to just tell you at the surface level. It's so much deeper than that. And I think that's how, you know, the successful high school sweethearts and, and even lifetime friends is because you have, you talk, you share, and you connect on a deeper level than just shooting this shit at a bar three times a week. Yeah. This podcast and Disneyto, I pretty much what the three of us have done, even though I produce and work on a lot of other shows, like those two shows are this show and, and Disneyto are so important to me and special to me where it's like, I don't care if a, a million people listen to our episodes or literally it's just the three of us listening back to our own episodes. Like the emotional core that I think this show brought the three of us together through is stronger than a lot of those other shows. And that's not a diss against any of the other people that I podcast with. But when we did Disneyto, whether we knew it at that time or not, all of us had like something that was not fully healed in our own hearts. And by like having a consistent sit down and chat, even if it was like something as stupid as talking about like Disney cartoon characters was like filling whatever that emptiness was in all of us. And I think it really did bond us really, really close. Like even after leaving our, our job and I, I will admit that our job was probably the biggest place where I made really good friendships since college for me. But like, even if more and more people from that work kind of fade out in my life, I can't imagine a scenario where I would want you two not in my life anymore, because I do Mm -hmm. think that, those those memory like I think so fondly to like you know early Disneyto even where it's just like driving to your house after a shitty day at work and like eating some California tortilla <laughs> and like ordering like a, a frosty from like Wendy's or some shit and then just getting weird and funny for two hours. You know, yeah, like that, I mean, if you think about it, we would talk about all of our issues that we had going on. We yeah. would vent a little bit before we we would start. And then, you know, when you start and you're talking about Disney characters, you would fuck. Like, yeah, you're going to learn some of the secrets <laughs> people have deep inside. Yep. Matt Kelly, Judy Hopps, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. y- you learn people. And it's, it's a very, um, <laughs> I felt like it was a very authentic and natural way for us to, to learn each other and, and build this friendship. Um, and that's, I think that's key for, for any successful friendship. You don't need a podcast, but having you don't need a podcast, something but like just that. going into it authentically yeah, and being genuinely interested in wanting to learn the other person is, is key for success. And it still might not work out in the end. And that, guess what? That's okay. Yeah. Yep. The three of us are fine. shameless towards each other with information that we share. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I, Although I, I will say be. right now, when I send you all some fucking TikToks. 
I send it for a reason, mainly because I want some <laughs> feedback. So please start responding to the TikToks okay. I send. While you drive me nuts, I'll send you like 50 fucking TikToks on the side and get zero response. I'm just like, God damn it. I'm trying, I'm trying to connect with you here. Did you laugh? Sometimes what, what's your starch? Are you a noodle guy? <laughs> the worst part is sometimes you'll send me a TikTok and because I'm in the app, I'll like heart the TikTok as if you were the one that made it and you're going to know that I hearted <laughs> yeah, it. I, I get that. <laughs> I'm like, and then oh, I'm like, like I it. support this along my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then like days later, I'm like, oh, she has no clue that I like watched this and was like, oh, that's funny. Like, <laughs> Granted, half the time I am a little blazed up and just <laughs> laughing at it. So I rarely realize that you don't respond until like days later. Where I'm like, oh, they didn't tell me their starch. Although you guys all did. We had a discussion around that oh, one. Yeah. But, you know, little things like that. I get bad. By My way, problem is I'll see your message, but I'll be in the middle of something. I'm like, all right, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to watch this TikTok. <sighs> I'm and so guilty of that. I'll be like, oh, okay, I need to watch this later. And or, then I'm, bed, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, look at all these. Yeah, I'll I'll open it and I'm like, ha, that's funny. I'm going to respond. And then I just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling what, and scrolling. <laughs> one of the weirder things I've started to do is like if someone sends me a TikTok and I can't at that time like necessarily open it up, um, I'll just do the save video into my phone because I know at some point I'm going to go through my photos and then find and be like, what the fuck is this? And then I'll eventually watch it. But like, cause I, I'm like you where it's like, I see it and then immediately I get distracted by something else and it might as well have like never existed. But I always am trying to clear out like the bullshit in my phone. So I'll find it and be like, Oh, I'll watch this now and let them know that I saw it. I, I do this thing where I respond in my head. Like I literally like <laughs> a full respond, sentence. Yeah. <laughs> full sentence responses to, to the text messages and I just never type them down or send them. Uh, <laughs> happens frequently. I'll be like, oh, I swore I responded to you. And I'm sure <laughs> no, they don't believe you. But if you told me that, I'd believe you because I do the same fucking thing. Oh my God. All the time. All right. Well, we're going to end with a question. What was your favorite thing about this weekend hold on let me go through my pictures quick all right matt you're up i mean it was definitely the wedding um but if i had to do you want me to kind of get more granular to a specific moment sure if you want honestly highlight of the wedding beyond you know the obvious two people that we both like getting married but like do we like them I certainly co-signed that relationship. I only <laughs> like one of them, and she looked hot. So, <laughs> I'm but no, I, 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 <laughs> I think around the time when the DJ was really starting to get into those '90s tunes, and it was like all of us were on the dance floor together, singing along to like Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, Cardi B. Like, I was like, man, this is the best part of a wedding to me. Every single time I go to one is like being with all those people. So that I think us all doing the everybody dance as the song was playing oh, yeah. and like singing along was probably my favorite moment of the night. I was born for that moment. All right, Andrea, what do you got? Um, so I think mine was just enjoying the nice weather and getting to mow my grass and clean up my garage. You were such a fucking old. How homeowner. about you, Brooke? I don't know why. I just, like, I just really enjoyed it. It reminds me of the commercials where it's like how you know you're becoming your parents. Yes. 
it, like you're turning your parents. That's what that was. And I feel like <laughs> I need to be the guy who's like, no, yeah. we're not. That's not the best part. But mine is similar because um, outside of the wedding, I feel like the wedding's an obvious. Yeah, it's a given. Answer. It was super fun. I had a great time. Um, so outside of that, my favorite part of the weekend was going to Trader Joe's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then laying out in my backyard and just soaking up the sun. Fuck yeah. All right. So to wrap this up, you're all our friends and we love you very much. So that's all. See you next time. Don't call me. That'll tell me that you love me. <laughs> Don't call me. <laughs>